Nestled deep within the heart of Yorkshire lies a rum so smooth that once it passes your lips, you will never look back again. Combining the smooth tones of sweet fresh ginger, rich treacle and a lick of Yorkshire honey, Absolute Bedlam are proud to be partnered with the true Angel of the North. Two Lasses Spirits. Use code Bedlam UK at checkout. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Absolute Bedlam Podcast. Tonight I've got someone that I've been looking forward to for a while. We've been trying to schedule this and I've been pestering you on Instagram, Mr. Suffy, and we've eventually got here and it feels a bit sort of We've arrived at our destination, you know, yeah, at the we've... top of the mountain, and now we're in the same Zoom universe together. So, yep. yeah, here we are. So, sure have. how's it going? You all right? Yeah, I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Not bad. Just uh, going through my schedule. I've got a break booked in June to just have a bit of a breather, because this is starting to turn into a second job. Yeah. And uh, it can, you know, you know what it's like with your YouTube it's yep. uh, starting to absorb quite a lot of my free time because it's yes. not just recording, it's also promoting, putting stuff on the community tab on YouTube, all that There's stuff. There's a lot behind it. Absolutely. So we'll go into that for you in a second, but first things first, I always ask my guests, how was high school for you? I was homeschooled, so high school for me was pretty pretty uneventful. Yeah, I yeah. I wanted very badly to go to a public school, but uh, wasn't allowed to go to public schools, and private schools were too expensive. So homeschooling it was. Yeah. So. Favorite lesson? Uh, I mean, I was good at grammar, um, you know, in English and all of that. Uh, so I guess I could just call that one my favorite. I didn't love it, but I was good at it. So. This is a bit of a weird one then, if you've been homeschooled. What's the naughtiest thing that you can remember doing at school? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, cheating on a test, that, that'd yeah. probably be it. Nice, nice. Did you feel a sort of certain sense of guilt when you realised that they caught you because it's obviously your, your parents more so than oh, just I, a teacher? I didn't get caught. You didn't get caught, okay. No, no, I knew how to do it. That's the thing with like um, like strict parents is you just get kids that get really good at getting away with things. And you still hold that guilt now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I should probably go call my parents. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're doing after this. There we go. Yep. Um, so YouTube reactions, everything to do with 21 Pilots, Bo Burnham, One Direction. I started yep. watching you probably just before the pandemic hit, and I noticed that your upload schedule was pretty mental. Um, <laughs> and then I found out that you'd started a Patreon. So yeah. was your plan to become a YouTube reaction channel from the very beginning, or did you just want to shoot content and see what happens? 
No, that was my plan from the beginning was I wanted to do YouTube and I just, I was having trouble settling down on a niche. And then um, I, I started writing down things that I enjoyed and music was one of them. And then I was like, all right, well, what are things you can do with a channel with music and music reactions were, were and have been super popular. So I was like, well, let me give that a shot. And uh, that started, you know, 21 Pilots was what really kicked that off and made me like, all right, well, I can actually do this. And that's, that's how it started. Yeah. And you have successfully predicted some music videos in terms of, uh, I think it was My Blood, 21 Pilots. Yep. You were yeah, like, I remember, that person I remember that one. <laughs> is not who it seems to be or something like that. And um, Literally everyone... paused it right before the reveal. Yeah, yeah. And everyone yeah. in the comments was like, what? Like, how the hell did he guess that? But yep. um, the one thing that strikes me with you is your YouTube community is quite strong. And I'm not really used to seeing that in a reaction space because quite a lot of people will just watch the video and then they'll move on to the next thing. Whereas yeah. a lot of people seem to be quite invested in you as a sort of character. Yeah. So, yeah, no, you're definitely right with that is um, a lot of people watch reactions for the artist that they love, not necessarily for the reactor. Mm. Um, it's much harder to gain an audience that cares about the reactor because mm. typically they're there for the, the music and whatnot so um yeah. but yeah i mean those those fan bases the 21 pilot um one direction harry styles taylor swift they're all very very loyal fan bases and um i think they've they appreciated my genuine um respect and appreciation for those artists and so that was something that i think um made a bit of a difference yeah so when you first started doing the channel you started doing a series called bop or flop yeah and i think one of the first videos i watched because i was just about to get into 21 pilots like my sister was ranting and raving about them because she was quite a lot younger than me we've got mm -hmm. like a sort of 15 year age gap um, oh wow and she was saying like you'll love this band ben because they're quite introvert sort yeah. of um they're quite sort of honest of how they feel and they're quite introspective, not introvert. Yeah. Um, yeah. And something like car radio, where he's, mm -hmm. you know, talking about his car radio getting stolen and all he can do is think. Um, so how did you kind of get into 21 Pilots? What sort of era did you get into first? I think car radio was my first reaction to them, yeah. I think. Um, or it was just the first one that did really well, but... Um, and I don't even remember how I found that music video, hmm. but that, like, I, I seriously might've just typed in 21 pilots and that was one of the top results. And that's why I went with it. And, yeah. um, and that one, that one, I think was the first one that did really well. Hmm. And I was like, wow, they, these guys actually have a lot more to their music and their music videos than I thought. Yeah. And so then that's what started down the rabbit hole. Yeah, definitely. Have you seen them live at all? No, I haven't. They, because like you said, right when I started my channel was right around the quarantine and shutdowns and everything. And tours and concerts have, haven't been the same since then. So I haven't been able to see. And like other artists, even I've tried to check because I've wanted to go to concerts for like someone else that I've covered. And either they don't, they don't come to my area or ticket prices are just, just too much. So I haven't been able yeah. to go. So just on ticket prices, before we go into Bo Burnham, who is one of the people that I worship on quite a daily basis, 
Um, apparently, Ticketmaster, the scales are about to tip with them because everyone oh, really? has realised that they are absolutely taking people for a ride. Yeah, and they're exploiting people in terms of they are a bit of a monopoly. Yeah, um, yep. and it's actually been like sort of ruled in court that they're actually going to get in quite a lot of trouble. But the problem Good. with companies like that is they have so much money, like pharmaceutical companies, where they'll just pay the fine. Yeah, and then they'll just continue business as usual in a couple of months, right. and you know it's, it's nothing but one. a slap on the wrist, basically. It's a tricky one. There's a lot of talk actually at the moment in the music scene, especially in the UK. It might be in France as well, where apparently now music venues are charging bands twenty five percent of merch sales. Really? So bands are just saying, "Well, we're not going to sell merch then because it's right. literally not worth doing." Right. Because uh, merch is one of the things that you'll see a band slightly inflate their prices at a show. And it is right. honestly, truly, speaking from a musician's perspective, just going straight into their fuel tank. Right. Like that money that they generate, because a lot of it's obviously cash. Some of it's card reader now and contactless payments and stuff. But Right, yeah, no, that yeah. that's an insane percentage to charge. So they're either going to go all digital... Or jack up prices even more to where then nobody buys it anymore, so then nobody makes money. Yeah, so all they do now is promote their website or their big yeah. cartel or something like that. Right. But yeah, it's always the uh, the artists that suffer the most. And, yeah. you know, I've met a couple of people that just can't afford to do it anymore, you know. Right. So that's a bit of a, a bit of a shame, really. But, but yeah, 21 Pilots, what's your favourite sort of song slash music video um, slash even era? Because they're quite a extensive couple of people, aren't they? Yeah, I would say for the for the era, it's going to be like that that original, like the the blurry face era. That's yeah. That was my favourite. Um, in terms of music videos, I think Car Radio is honestly still my favourite one. Um, and then... In terms of songs, that that's really tough because mm. I've got, I have a lot of favorites that even, even off their first that that like no pun intended and mm. their original self-titled EP, mm. I mean I have a ton of favorite. Almost those entire albums are my favorites. Yeah. And then there's songs like Car Radio and other one like Lane Boy and stuff like that. So yeah. I'd have to really sit and think which ones are my favorites because that's hard to pick. What's your thought on Trench? Trench was to me was interesting, but wasn't an era that I really loved. Um, and like the whole Dima thing, it's like it's interesting, but it was never something that I really got into. Um, so I always like thought it was cool and I thought it was like very creative, but um, it was a, a different type of sound and era. And I personally, I just preferred like the blurry face one a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I love my blood and levitate. And it's um, mm -hmm. just about to finish learning the whole album all the way through because one of the first songs that I knew that I needed to learn on bass was Legend. So oh, it's actually yeah. quite a simple song. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's quite an emotional song because it's uh, Tyler's granddad, I think. But yeah, there we go. Yeah. So um, hopefully, we're going to get some more 21 Pilots soon. Did you yeah. check out their Vessel live stream on YouTube? Not No, not the live stream, no. So they they did quite a lot of little sort of... It's probably worth reacting to, to be fair. Um, they did quite a few little in-jokes. So Josh was forgetting his drum kit, in air mm -hmm. quotes. Um, so every song 
Tyler was just playing bass and singing. Mm-hmm. So every song on Vessel they performed and every single time, because they were doing like a little podcast in between the songs and talking about the songs and how doubt should have sounded and all that sort of stuff where mm. it had an extra vocal layer and stuff in it. And they were um, getting Josh to come back into the room at the end of every song and he was getting like an extra bit of the drum kit. So you think to yourself, <laughs> right, so they're, at the end they're going to make a song or they're going to like play a new song. Yeah. But they said right at the end, oh, we probably shouldn't play this. It's like a sort of, we need to sound check first. And lo and behold, Josh started playing drums and it drowned out Tyler. So you couldn't hear this new song, but there was quite a lot of little Easter eggs in that live stream mm. of like new song names and potentially a new album name. So Interesting. So yeah, definitely worth checking that out. But apparently, yeah. this is like proper theorist stuff, but apparently they have a certain procedure that they follow when they have a new album coming out. So they'll t- change their Twitter banner, then they'll post something on Instagram, then they'll put something up on their Facebook page and it will all be sort of connected and you'll start to see the curtain fall down. Mm. But Interesting. Know, it's just it's all speculation at this point, but I'm sure they'll get around to getting around to it. Because uh, right. Scaled and Icy came out 2021, I think. So we are yeah. due one. So yeah, there we go. What did you think of Scaled and Icy? I thought it was... It was like good... Um, not my, it, it wasn't one with like lasting appeal mm. in my opinion. Like their, their older albums, specifically Bur- Blurry Face and whatnot. Like I've gone back to those time and time again. I just never get sick of those songs. Um, Scaled and Icy, I found that it kind of dropped off much faster than some of the other ones. And so it was like, it was fun when it was fresh. Um, and then it just kind of faded away and I just c- kind of forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very of the time. I felt like it was a distraction from covid because yeah i was writing things like good day and mulberry street and right talking and about, level of concern yeah, and stuff yeah. like that i think level of concerns actually a single i don't think yeah. it's actually on an album and they've done that a couple of times they did um heathens and, right um, they've done a couple of songs that are just sort of lives and dies by their own accord right it's quite interesting because they did regional at best which was kind of like a load of songs. And then they did Vessel shortly afterwards, and they call Vessel their first ever album, which is quite strange. But there we go. Right. Yeah, that was that was like record label issues, I think, with that one, why they yeah. call the, the other one their first. Yeah, because they're now on Fueled by Brahman, and they seem very, right. very happy. So right. that's all good. So let's talk about the boy, the elephant in the room, Mr. Bo Burnham. Yep. I love your reactions on Bo Burnham. Thank you. And I love how eclectic he is as an artist because yes. he seems to ride this perfect wave of comedy and music. And sometimes mm-hmm. he releases a serious song like Goodbye. And sometimes he releases stuff that's just obviously stupid, like repeat stuff. Yeah. So what got you into Bo Burnham and what made you want to react to that? <laughs> that was... Uh, the song Welcome to the Internet going wild. Yeah. And um, I kept, I heard like clips of it or something on TikTok. And then I was seeing that it was trending everywhere. Like it was just all over. And I was like, all right, well, I uh, I had heard of his name before, but I had never gotten into musical comedians. Yeah. And so I had never, I had never 
gone down that rabbit hole at all. And so that song started going crazy. I was like, all right, well, let me check out Bo Burnham. And little did I know, but that was, that was, uh, that was a very fun time of my channel. I really enjoyed that whole Bo Burnham experience and discovering him for the first time and all these songs and the, I mean, and the, the videos were very successful too. Like that was a very good high point in my channel. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've seen, I've got a screenshot of your channel when you first started and, um, yeah, the Bo Burnham, you can definitely see a spike in your viewership. Yeah. And um, for me as well, I had a notification bell turned on and I was like, not necessarily like stopping what I was doing. Obviously, there were times where I was like washing up and recording. <laughs> Can't yeah, just yeah. suddenly press it. But I tried, I try to treat reaction channels and I try to treat reaction channels that I'm very, very interested in certain artists. And it can quite it could be quite frustrating when a band or a reaction channel only reacts to one song because mm -hmm. I want to know what your thoughts are on the rest of the songs or you right. know, if a band releases a new album but that kind of leads me into the next question that I've got, we'll go back to Bo Burnham in a bit, but how do you keep up with the amount of requests that you get? Because you get a ton of people messaging you, commenting on your videos and you've even started a Patreon, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So how's that work? It's, it's tough to keep up with them because even though like you know you can never satisfy everybody, I still try so hard and that it gets exhausting trying to keep up with um, all the different requests because like you said, you don't want to just do one song from an artist and never touch them again. But artists have massive catalogs and everybody wants to do every single song but then that's just for one artist. And then there's a whole nother fan base and group of people that want this artist and every single song. And it's just, it's really hard to know where to go and which one to do and all that. So it's definitely, it's hard to juggle and I still haven't been able to figure out a foolproof system. It's just kinda, you just have to feel it out and see what you see the most of and, and go with that. Yeah. Do people pay to bump the queue? on your Patreon, I'm assuming you have certain tiers. Yeah, uh, I've got a third tier that's like a guaranteed request. And so if there's one that you don't want to wait for and you want it this month, uh, you can get the third tier and uh, specifically request a song. And so um, I've been doing that since I started the Patreon. And so I've got a whole Excel spreadsheet with every single song that's ever been requested, wow. um, like guaranteed requested. And so there's a lot of them in there. But, wow. but yeah. So for promotional purposes, after this episode recorded, I want a, a recording or a photo of that spreadsheet. Obviously, you don't have to put the actual wording. You can pixelate it or something if you want. But I'm very, very interested to see how big that can get because sure. the scalability of it, you know, when you say, I'll react to anything you want if you pay me. And people just post in like, you know, how are peanuts made or I don't know music related stuff and behind the scenes documentaries and things yep but you're very very good at breaking things down um and sort of like i said earlier you, you're good at guessing how the narrative of a story is going to go mm -hmm. so uh yeah um bo burnham so we've got sort of 10 minutes left and then zoom will kick off and ask for money okay. um what's your sort of favorite era of him and what did you think of Inside? Because I think that's probably one of the best bits of social commentary I've ever watched on Netflix. 
Yeah. Um, so inside, I never actually sat down and watched the entire thing all the way through. It was always through bits and pieces of what people requested and whatnot. Because uh, at that time, I was still kind of concerned about how Netflix is pretty strict with their copyright. So I was worried about doing the whole thing just straight through. So that's why I only did bits and pieces that they had on YouTube. Um, but inside was, I mean, it, it really is a masterpiece it, with every single song and how well it was crafted and the the i mean there's like humor but then there's also so many layers that you can get into and i mean it just it's a rare thing that i feel like i feel like he won't be able to replicate that again or at least not anytime soon because that's something like that's a rarity you're feeling something you're going through something in the world and in your own life to be able to come up with that much just perfection really and um, that doesn't just happen easily. So I feel like that was uh, a pretty high peak for him that it will be hard for him to reach or even top again. But yeah, yeah, it's always possible. Yeah, because it felt like when the world was shutting down, that's when he started back up. Yeah. Because obviously he's mentioning on um, All Eyes on Me, he's mentioning that he stopped and... I've watched his career for quite a long time now, and he does genuinely just stop posting things. He's a bit of a meerkat where he'll pop his head up and say, hey guys, I've got some vinyls that I want to sell, or yeah. I've got some inside merch, and then he'll literally just retreat back into his hole. Yeah. Like, he doesn't post about the Will Smith slap. He doesn't talk about you know, Donald Trump being president. Obviously, he has a bit of a moan about Joe Biden in one of his songs. But a lot of what he does is very sort of music orientated rather than commentary on things. Obviously, Inside is about mining the world for content and just uploading everything constantly, you know. He's not at all shackled to social media at, no. at all. He, he uses it how he wants to. And if that works for you, great. If it doesn't, yeah. he doesn't care. And, and that's really, yeah. I mean, that's a good approach. Um, it just most it's hard most people can't but he's also at a yeah. place in his career where he can do that yeah and he also allows his viewers to speculate yeah um, he does a lot of sort of foreshadowing and he'll reference things and throw callbacks to things that have happened in his previous works and it's See, up to you to figure that out and he's smart enough to be able to because some artists can't do that because people they start to speculate better than what you can actually deliver and so then you deliver and it's a letdown but Bo is smart enough to be able to let us speculate let people speculate and still either be the same or better than what we were expecting and so it's like it's it's interesting because not everybody can do that i think after inside he probably had a bit of a sort of month of sleep i imagine because um, yeah. i think you've probably reacted to the inside outtakes where he's filming content and he figures out the disco ball and mm -hmm. there's a bit in the inside outtakes where he's just recording like he's doing like 56 takes of that funny feeling or something like that and yeah. he's just constant and he's so self-critical oh yeah like if one like there's a bit where he does I think he does shit and there's like a grid of takes and if one bit, like, I think there's one where his voice cracks and you just see the grid get smaller and smaller like a Zoom call. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I love his work ethic. 
that's what I mean, that's what makes him great. But yeah. it also is like you can't imagine the drain and toll that it takes on him being that kind of perfectionist. Yeah. I mean, it's it's what made it for him. But it's also, you know, your greatest strength is also your greatest weakness. Definitely. Yeah, he's a I always use this word, but he is an enigma. Mm. He's a very um, interesting character. And uh, if you are watching this, Bo, then I'd love to have a chat with you. <laughs> I'm sure Suffy would uh, probably start a bidding war with me, though, if that was the case. Because right, exactly. he doesn't do many interviews, Bo. He was on the H3 podcast. And I think that's the only podcast he's ever done. Really? Yeah, and he's reacting to stupid things. Like, someone's making like hot dogs in their kitchen. And, yeah, it's worth a watch, that. I'll send you a link to it. But this was a while back when he just finished Make Happy. Mm, so okay. he's, he's done nothing interview-wise since then. Yeah. So, yeah, he's very decentralized, and he'll film whatever he wants, whenever he wants. And it's all him as well, which is nuts. Right. I just I don't get how you can spend your entire day, but I, you know. But when, you, when you're that kind of a yeah. creative person, you need that outlet of just no one's going to have that same vision that you have, yeah. and no one's going to put that type of, you know, like you were just talking about with all those takes, for someone else editing it, they would have been fine with any one of those, but to him, 49 of those were unacceptable. Yeah, completely. And he just... That's it. Yeah, completely. Um, so, we've got about five minutes left, and we'll go to a quick break. All right. I usually ask this bef after the break, but I'll ask it before, because I think we're almost sort of there anyway. So, motivation. YouTube, just as a thing, as a hobby slash a job. Mm -hmm. What keeps you motivated to want to keep doing it as much as you do and has there ever been a moment in your channel's history where you just thought I, I need to like take my foot off the gas and have a break definitely yeah I I enjoy it but there are 100% times uh, where I'm like you know do I need to I mean there have been points where I've hit like a do I just need to stop like is this um because there are times where I'm doing it, but I don't enjoy it. And I'm just doing it out of like, a, well, I've got to keep up with it. And, um, and it can be, it's hard with uh, enjoyment. And then, because a lot of times the things that you want to do or that you enjoy doing aren't necessarily things that will do well. And so there's this really weird balance between what YouTube slash your audience wants and what you actually want to do. And, if you find and there was a period where I was only doing what YouTube slash my audience wants because you know you've got to get views and you've got to grow and all this and I found I was like I'm doing it but like I don't enjoy it like I kind of hate this and I was like well then what am I doing it for if I don't even enjoy it like mm -hmm. the point of doing YouTube was to have a, a hobby slash job that I enjoyed and uh, and so I took a big step back from that and but yeah it's a tough balance yeah do you find now that emails can breathe and you can reply to them within sort of three or four days? Because I'm still in that mode where I'm like, I have to respond, otherwise I might lose this guest. I have to be able to have my phone within like 10 feet of me. Mm. Like I've had some pretty substantial people DM me lately and I've, I've had to stop replying instantaneously because it kind of makes me look a bit desperate. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that might be my window where they're actually on their phone for 20 minutes of a day because 
I interview a lot of musicians and they're obviously on tour, they're making albums, they're running campaigns, they're collabing with their friends to go on their songs and albums and things and yeah, one of my mottos this year is to try and calm down a bit because, you know, life's not all about running at 100% all right. the time, you know? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be redlining on your RPMs constantly. Totally. It's You can do that for a month or so, but after a while, you got to let yourself breathe and idle down for a bit. Yeah. So what would you say is your sort of ab- average response time to an email or a brand or something like that now compared to when you first started? Uh probably a few days um because i um yeah i can't if i sat there and responded like immediately another thing is um you know people people like to talk and i do like to talk with people but i can't talk to everybody and so if you respond quickly they might respond and then it's like this this weird back and forth where now i'm like oh i don't want to just like leave you on red so it's like you know i i respond but not immediately and um and so like on Patreon, I respond to every single message on Patreon, every single one, um, whether it's a guaranteed request or not. Even if people are just saying hi, I respond to it. But it, it typically is a few days because also like it takes a long time to respond. So I'll block out time where I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit here for the next hour or two and just respond to everybody. And then I give it a few days before I go back and check it because um, otherwise I'd just always be sitting there responding. Yeah. Any chance of a U.S. Suffy meetup rather than having to do it all digitally? Or do you think that would be a lot of planning slash a lot of social meter being drained at the end of the day if you were to go on some sort of convention or, you know what I mean, something like that? Yeah, no, I would do it. I just, I don't think anybody would be there, but I would, I mean, I would 100% do it. Like, I feel like that'd be very cool to meet people in, in real life, but um, I just don't think I have a big enough audience yet. Plus I have a lot of like global people to where like, if it was just us, yeah. it, that number would drop so much to where I'm like, mm. it just wouldn't, no one would be there. But like, if I had a big enough audience yeah. to where it would make sense, um, I would do it. I think that'd be very cool. If you build it, they will come apparently. Right. Right. <laughs> I want to, uh, do a beach cleanup in the UK, um, right at the bottom of the UK. Um, really, but it terrifies me the idea of me doing it by myself when I've asked you know I haven't got a massive audience but I've asked my audience to come and partake and one thing that's uh, stayed true during the transition from music to podcasting is people will say that they'll listen <laughs> and they'll show up until yeah. the day and then they yep. pull out um so yeah i don't think there's anything sadder than a man trying to do an entire beach cleanup by himself yeah so uh give it time but definitely look into doing that if you fancy it but i imagine it's quite stressful so oh i'm sure yeah setting up something like that yeah okay awesome right we're gonna go to a quick break i'll see you in the next meeting room all right uh, cheers for listening so far guys all right speak to you in a sec Hello, today I'm promoting a product called Set Surf, 100% mineral sun cream, safe for sensitive skin and children. So we've got some products here, so we've got SPF 20 lip balm, mineral sunscreen, SPF 50 and water resistant sun cream, and my favourite, rash cream. So when I was out jogging quite a lot, this saved my bacon when I was uh, running at 
stupid speeds, believe it or not, and uh, going stupid lengths. And uh, rash cream definitely helped me out. So yeah, reef safe, coral safe, www.setsurf.com, shop the range. Use the code BEDLAM20 for 20% off at checkout. Let them know that I've sent you, and uh, yeah, enjoy. Absolute BEDLAM. And we are back. So, got a couple more questions for you about YouTube and how it's all going. Uh, all right. A couple of questions about the future. And we've just got some stupid questions that are very much sort of quick fire, this or that. You know, would you rather do this or do that? And they're not mental. Like, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately where they're just outright asking people, like, would you do X with your mother? And I'm like, how the fuck have you got Donald Trump on to ask him if he would rather do this or that? And yeah, there we go. So right. It's not like that. Right. I'm not here to, to catch you out. I'm just here to have a chat. <laughs> no so, worries. There we go. It's all good. So. YouTube as a hobby, is there a plan to go full-time with it, or are you just happy at the current speed that you're at and getting a bit of gradual growth, or is there more to this and you want it to turn into a full-time thing? It's actually been uh, full-time for the past, just over a year, about la um, yeah, last uh, February 2022 is when I went full-time with it, so... Um, so yes, just just over a year. Fantastic. Is it the Patreon that keeps you afloat with that? Yep, yep, completely. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really make anything off of YouTube. Yeah, it's all Patreon. Is there an option for your YouTube channel to join as a member? Um, is that one of those new features that YouTube just rolled out? I think so. It's like a recurring monthly payment, and you get access to like certain live streams. Um, the yeah. ability to post emotes and stuff like that and there's potentially more like if you sold merch for example you'd get like a 20% code for discount that sort of thing I don't think if if that's turned on it might be but I don't pay much attention to that because I'm not gonna I wouldn't be able to put effort into like free YouTube paid YouTube and Patreon like yeah. YouTube and Patreon is already crazy enough so um, yeah, I haven't. I wouldn't bother with that feature. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, was it your idea to come up with a Patreon, or was that a fan suggestion that kind of grew legs and snowballed out of control? It was. It was a plan from the beginning um, that I had seen other reaction channels that um, that was how they sustained. And because um, up until then, I had never heard of Patreon, but I saw other channels using it. So I was like, okay, well, if this works, that's an option for me. And it ended up working. And so then, um, you know, I went and used it. But yeah, that was uh, something I knew of from the beginning. This is a bit of an intricate one that's getting into the weeds a little bit. But is there anything that you've outright refused to react to in terms of something that's just downright disgusting or violent and... Is Patreon's terms of service a little bit more lenient than YouTube, where on YouTube you'd get demonetized? Uh, Patreon's definitely a lot more lenient. Um, I don't now. You can't go like crazy with it. I think stuff with like violence and whatnot, like overly violent or something, that could get possibly flagged. Um, but I've never had anybody request anything that was so um, just out there that I had to tell them no. 
Um, nothing's been just wildly inappropriate or um, really violent or derogatory or anything like that. Um, I haven't had to deal with that. So Fair I wouldn't enough. know too much. But Fair yeah. enough. Hopefully that won't happen because we've mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now people are going to test that. <laughs> yeah. Stress test Patreon. Yeah. Um, what does your schedule look like then if you're a full-time YouTuber? Do you have like a set thing where you mentioned earlier that you set time aside to respond to people on Patreon? Do you sort of wake up at the same sort of time every day and mm-hmm. go out for a walk and then come back and do YouTube stuff? Or do you stare into the void for 18 hours a day and then get burnt out? Um, I, I do wake up around the same time each day. Um, and then I, I do have a bit of a routine where like I'll I take like an hour or so to just kind of check my email. Ch- I'll make a coffee and and uh, get the videos kind of ready if I'm going to be doing this one, this one, this one, kind of get my schedule for the day. And then I'll record for about two or three hours. By that point, I can't really record much more than that. Like it, it's draining and I, I start noticing like a decline in the levels of enthusiasm. So I don't really go more than two or three hours. And then I'll typically just go straight into editing. Um, and then by that point, it's time for a break, time to make some food. Um, and then I'll make, I'll, I'll come after I've eaten, I'll come back, probably do a little bit more editing. And then I head to the gym to, you know, get out and, you know, get some energy out and whatnot. And then I'll come back and either do research, respond to messages, or if there's still more editing to do, I'll, I'll do finish up on the editing. But typically editing doesn't take all that long. I've got that down to a pretty good process. So it's more research than anything of finding what I'm going to do next and whatnot. Do you have anyone else in your team or is it just Suffy? Just me. I've had a couple people, like I've had two or three videos edited by somebody else just, just to see what it would be like, but I've edited all my videos. Wow. Bloody hell. <laughs> That's a lot. Jesus. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep. I just passed the thousand. Uh, I'm over like, 1100 videos now just on YouTube at this point. And I've got like another three, maybe 400, but definitely 300 on a uh, Patreon. This is just for my own self gain. Cause I've just started reacting to clips like the Chris Rock slap, uh, talking to my editor about Vladimir Putin, talking about the Ukraine conflict, talking mm-hmm. about the Western media deflection techniques that they use in interviews and stuff like that. And those videos seem to have, had a hell of a reception quite quickly but then they kind of teeter off yeah what would you say to someone that was thinking of starting a reaction channel is there anything that you've learned from this process that has been a hard no and like an immediate roadblock or is it just gradual slow burn growth um there's there's definitely artists fan base that will blow you up more than others um but there's also a ton of competition when it comes to reaction channels because they're the easiest form of youtube video you can make i mean i i know that they are they're like lowest effort uh just easy easy so because of that there's a low barrier to entry there's thousands of them so you have a ton of competition um which is why i was like posting three times a day for a while because it's just like in order to get noticed, you have to just post more than the guy next to you. And um, um, so I don't know, it's reaction channels are 
like if you've got to really love it is basically where it's at if you're just trying to do this for a quick this or that it's you're gonna burn out and it won't be worth your time but if you really love getting into music you really love um all of that because it, it's much more than just music so you've really got to love the whole process there's a lot of people that I watch or used to watch, not so much now because of what you've just said. And there's just so many YouTubers, man. My subscription, I I have a conscious effort to go through my subscriptions and check that these channels are still active. Yeah. And I um I end up just getting bored and just saying, sod it. Like, I can't be asked to unsubscribe from 20 people. Yeah. And it kind of leads me quite nicely into my Facebook friend cull method, which I would advise anyone to take let facebook tell you that it's the person's birthday <laughs> if you haven't spoken to them in six months get rid of them on your birth on their birthday how brutal yeah. is that yeah <laughs> but it works it is it works because a lot of people plan to go like a to z and they'll get to like d and they'll be like oh, yeah sod this yeah, and, uh, there we go. So break it all down into chunks and let YouTube uh, and Facebook do the work for you. So yeah, there we go. Um, music. Can you remember the first album slash vinyl slash single that you ever bought? Ooh, that I ever bought. Um. Yes, actually, it, it's a Christian Christian rock band though from years ago. Um, I had a little CD player. It was a it was a maroon CD player, and I absolutely loved that thing. And I'd listen to every time we got in the car going to church or whatever. I'd just play that CD just over and over again, uh, and it was Cutlass. Um, so, yeah, that's actually I, I haven't thought about them in a long time. But yeah, that was, um, yeah. There we go. First video I can see on your channel, and I might be wrong here, so please feel free to correct me is stick that in your country song eric church is that correct yeah 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 i'm pretty sure that was that was my very first so that video i don't know if you're aware of this i'm not sure if you're bothered about numbers but i'm going to read it out has nearly three and a half thousand views and it's wow. your first I, ever video i thought that was like right at a thousand <laughs> i didn't realize it got to three it's funny how about how that the first and second videos seem to kick off yeah um, i feel yeah. like that's got to be people like where i'm at now people going back and just wanting to see what the original yeah because yeah those are those are rough watches <laughs> it's always interesting to see how it grows and transforms yes, yeah. and people get better cameras and better lighting and all that sort of thing so yep, yep. yeah have you ever had like a super super nice comment on your videos that's made you go actually do you know what this is worth doing and I'm going to keep doing it. Um, I haven't, I've had lots of extremely heartfelt, just sweet, encouraging comments. Um, I don't think that comments are things that make me go like, because of that, I'm going to keep doing this. Mm -hmm. um, but I have had comments that make it sweeter that like, oh, wow, like this is a real nice bonus or aspect to what I do. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Yeah. Apparently, I don't know if this is true, but psychologically, you need 10 good comments to outweigh a bad comment. 
So <laughs> I need a lot more than that. <laughs> on the flip side of that question, has there ever been a comment that you've gone, actually, do you know what? I'm going to turn off my comments because I can't be bothered with this anymore because I put so much work in and someone's put, like, terrible reaction, terrible song, yeah. react to this one instead. And then yep. they go offline and never speak to you again. I have gotten some very, very nasty comments that uh, some have sat with me for a long time and it was uh, very hard to get my mind off. I mean, some of them, this was more early on, but some of them really like, it affected my entire day. It affected a couple of days where I didn't want to record anymore because it was such a harsh comment and uh, it didn't matter how many good ones. I mean, the video had maybe 50 good ones, but that one was so nasty and it sat with me for so long. And um, I used to respond to comments. I used to go through the comment section like crazy. And I found I've had to cut that out because I could not keep up with some of the negativity and it severely affected my ability to keep recording. And I was like, well, I, you know, it's either I respond to some comments and can't record for a week or I just keep recording and I just have to. So I haven't been able to go into the comment section much because, uh, because of some of those. So Mr. Beast and you, uh, PewDiePie have a very similar thing where when they were starting out on YouTube before they blew up because they did a certain video format or they played a certain horror game you see on YouTube on PewDiePie and Mr. Beast's videos obviously I'm using them as examples because they're the absolute top echelon of YouTube you yeah. can see historically about sort of five or six years ago that PewDiePie and Mr. Beast used to react and comment on every single comment. And now, obviously, that's reached such a critical mass on scale that they couldn't do that even if they wanted to, unless they were to hire yeah. out an entire warehouse for the people with typewriters. Right. Um, have you got to that point? Do you feel, I'm obviously aware that you know, you're nearly 100k subs in, but... Is there a sort of mental line where you think, actually, I'm just going to keep putting stuff out, and if it does well, it does well, but I'm not going to keep sort of interacting with people, because it's eating into your time, isn't it? And time is energy. Yeah, yeah. no, it definitely did hit a point where I could only respond um, to a certain amount of comments, where it's like, after an hour, I just have to stop, because, I mean, they really just keep going. Yeah. And also, at that time, I was releasing like three videos a day, and they could get a hundred comments each. And, and I wanted to be very genuine with my comments too. Like, obviously I could go through and copy and paste. Thank you. And just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like, yeah. so I responded, but to me, like a robot could do that. That means nothing. So if I'm going to respond, I'm going to mean it. And that, that takes a lot more effort. That takes a lot more time and, um, and like energy really, cause I'm thinking of a genuine response to say back to this person. And so, um, Typically, the only comments that I would respond to nowadays are like really heartfelt ones where it's like they they took time and they wrote versus like a react to this Coldplay song like that. I'm not going to do anything with. But someone who actually put time into what they were saying, I try to respond to that. And I still miss a ton of them. Like, I really wish I could get to all of them. But um, and I know I'm not even that big of a channel yet. <laughs> so it's like it's it's just they they pick up fast. Yeah, completely. Have you got a YouTube channel mascot? No, I don't. Um, I mean, well, I mean, I guess you could kind of say my hat was for 
a little while. I think that one's kind of like, uh, I would probably say that's the mascot at this point. It's kind of the iconic channel feature that I started everything with that hat. So yeah, yeah. I'd probably say that. Do you still have it? Oh, I sure do. It's, it's uh, yeah, right over there on the desk. Love it, love it. We like to see a bit of consistency. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you call your community? Do they have a collective name? Uh, no, I had seen a while ago back when I had first started my, the Discord, which the Discord doesn't, there isn't much of that anymore, but um, I had seen some people say like Sufi Squad, but <laughs> I never really liked that all that much, and I never put much effort into thinking of one, so I... I uh, I wouldn't say so. Yeah. The reactors. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to think yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. I've got a lot of messages to send you after this. I've got some YouTube <laughs> videos. I've got some. But yeah, obviously, I find communities and people that back you and fans, if you want to call them fans, that's probably another podcast altogether, um, mm. they kind of name themselves, don't they? Yeah, exactly. I figured if they wanted one, you know, they kind of, they do, they come up with it on their own and they kind of adopt it for themselves. Yeah. Since COVID, have you been to any musical shows or theatre shows or anything like that that involves being with a surge of people? Um, not really. I've tried and I've looked um, and either I just missed it or the tickets weren't like Taylor Swift. I was looking and hoping to go to one of her concerts and tickets were like $500 for like, you can't even see her. You can barely see the screen. I was like, okay, well, I'm not paying for that. Mm. Um, so most of them have been that, uh, where it's just the prices are, are insane or I just missed it. Like Harry Styles, I was going to go to one of his, but he had just finished his USA. Like he only did very few, um, venues in the USA, but he had just finished them and now he's going on to Europe. And so I was like, well, I missed it. Mm. So I haven't been able to. Fair enough. Have you got any plan this year that you have already bought tickets for or have seen flash up on your Instagram feed or something like that? And you've gone, I absolutely, I need to go to that show. There was someone I was looking at recently um, and I'm, I'm not gonna be able to say who it was cause I can't remember, but um, my sister had brought them up and I was like, oh, I would go to that concert, but um, but we haven't bought tickets or anything. It was just like a, you know, just just a thought thrown out there. Yeah. Favorite film? I'm not too sure on your film tastes. Obviously, that's a big question. That's a lot of a question, but I'm going to mm-hmm. allow you to have two or three answers if you can think of any. All right. Um, one of them is Goodwill Hunting. It's one of my favorites. Um, Shutter Island is another favorite. Um, and then there's other, those are probably, honestly, those are probably my absolute two favorite. Then there's others where like, like the big short, I really enjoy. Then there's like, you know, Gladiator, I really enjoyed that. Um, stuff like that, or like Inception or something. I enjoyed those. But I think for my absolute two favorite, I would say Goodwill Hunting and um shutter island shutter island and gladiator get a lot of mentions when i ask that question do they (laughs) yeah shutter island is a very very good twist yes it is that got me quite well um i'm a bit of a fan of twists i like the others and sixth sense they were quite Mm, good examples of like because then you want to watch the film straight away again 
and you're like, hmm. Yeah, rewatch it now, knowing what you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. From another yeah. sort of point of view. But yeah, um, what was I going to say about that? So, which one did you say? So, Shutter Island Gladiator. So apparently, I don't know if this is true. Someone told me this at school, and I still haven't actually researched it. Apparently, there's a scene in Gladiator where someone's running through a battlefield with a fire extinguisher. Really? Apparently. <laughs> so I need to actually watch it. Oh no no. Like, 0.5 speed or something i don't know is it is it in that that beginning opening scene in the forest where they're fighting mm-hmm. i i saw that on tiktok okay yeah i so um yeah i didn't seek it out but it yeah. came across my page i was like how about that because there's another scene in um in troy when there's like that big fight between hector and the really big dude yeah and everybody's kind of circling around them as the camera's panning, there's a dude just in a t-shirt and jeans holding the boom mic. All right. And, uh, and it's a really, it's like a few frames, but it's that's in there as well. Have you seen the stormtrooper that hits his head on the door? I don't think so. Yeah, so I think that's either episode four or episode five. There's like these stormtroopers all patrolling this hallway and one of them just slightly... That's it's, funny. It is really like... It's amazing to me that stuff like that gets in movies, considering we know how long movies take to film and release and edit, and you get you know warehouses full of people editing them day and night and stuff. But right. I do love a good blooper. I'm a bit of a sucker oh, yeah. for a good blooper. For sure. Favorite animal and favorite animal noise. Hmm. Well, animal noise. I think either. Like I really like a kookaburro. I think those are fun. But I also like uh, an elk bugle. I think those are funny. So probably one of those. But favorite animal though, well, I think in I love penguins because I think they're hilarious. Hell yeah, man! I think they're really funny looking animals. But I also really like monkeys because I think they're so interesting. Like they're really whether it's a gorilla or a chimpanzee they're really fascinating animals so it's kind of a tie between penguins are just hilarious but monkeys are really interesting penguins are my favorite so oh really out of the entire animal kingdom we've uh, agreed on some common ground so yeah we sure have i think i did a sort of school project on penguins and really? i was just obsessed with them going forwards because they like huddle together they you know they use the folds of their feet to like incubate eggs and they're mm-hmm. actually super super intelligent but you know they can't fly but they can fly underwater and they've got a yep. lot of sort of utility to them and yeah so occasionally go to a, a place in where i live weymouth um sea life center and they've mm. got some fairy penguins which are the smallest penguins out of the whole lot and, uh, yeah, they stink though. If you go and see them in like an aquatic area or in a zoo or something, then you just follow your nose and you'll find the penguins. Oh yeah, I'm sure go. with all the fish and everything, yeah, I'm sure they smell terrible. Yeah, man, definitely. Right, so we've got some quick fire questions, and we got some silly questions, and then we're going to talk about the future, which all isn't. Right. It's not the Bo Burnham Inside Out take song. It's actually talking <laughs> about the future of tents. Um, Right, so apologies if some of these are quite UK-centric and they don't land, but I'm here trying my best. So, is a Kinder Egg a toy or a deliciously chocolate treat with a bonus of a toy inside of it? I'm going to go with the second one. 
With the bonus of a toy inside of it. Baby belt or cheese string? Um, I, what's a baby belt? Baby belt's like a red sort of waxy case with a round okay. cheese inside of it, and you've kind of got to like unpeel the, the waxy case. Okay. Um, cheese stick. Yeah, nice. Camping in a tent or a static caravan for one week? A caravan. I'm I'm not much of a... I'd be too much of a... I couldn't do the tent. <laughs> That's all good. Living in a city or living in the countryside? City. I, I love the country for... Like, I love both, but I'm, I'm more of a city person. Chocolate or candy? Uh, chocolate. Bath or shower? Shower. I, I hate baths. Same. I can't chill out, yeah. so it's useless on me. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a germaphobe, so I, I don't like touching the tub or shower or anything like that. Mornings or evenings? Evenings. Mint chocolate chip or chocolate orange flavor? Mint chocolate chip. First phone you ever had and first mm. ever ringtone that you can remember having? Ooh. The ringtone's going to be tough. It was some song when that was cool to be able to download a snippet of a song as your ringtone. I just can't remember what it was, but the phone, it was a knockoff like <laughs> Razor. Uh, that was the first one that I quickly <laughs> yeah, yeah, upgraded yeah. to a Samsung Galaxy, but um, which was like those cool like slide up ones and you had the keyboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. love that. If you could take away one item from a house to slightly inconvenience someone, what would the item be and why? One item from a house to slightly inconvenience. I mean, down here in Florida, you take away AC, you are greatly inconveniencing somebody. Um, I feel like that or <laughs> like all the light bulbs or something. I don't yeah, know. Like but that, that almost sounds like mean. Torture. Like for a funny one, I was thinking just like just the doors. Like yeah. that's slightly inconveniencing versus like torturing. Yeah, but... yeah. yeah, there's a line. You want it to be an April Fool's joke. You don't want it to be a... Exactly, Personal miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any paranormal experiences? Not that I know of. Okay. Look so, out behind you. <laughs> yeah, right? What are your rings? the light start moving. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be scary. There we go. Um, favorite choice of fast food? Mm, for fast food, probably just good old burgers and fries. Yeah, any particular ones? Uh, do you guys have Five Guys? Yeah. Okay, Five Guys is a pretty go-to. Love their burgers. Yeah. Is it really expensive in the U.S.? Because it mm -hmm. is here. Yeah, it's more yeah. expensive than a typical fast food, or yeah. like you know Burger King or Wendy's or something. It's it's more pricey. Everything's bought in like components, whereas McDonald's and Burger King and stuff do a meal, mm -hmm. so you get free items rather than having to buy a burger for you know eight dollars or whatever and then you buy fries separately right but yeah that's the same here so that's fine <laughs> just checking that we're not being ripped yeah. off <laughs> right at least on it's behalf, even here on behalf of the uk yeah that's who i represent 
Um, pretty deep one. Then we'll talk about the future, and then I'm going to leave you to it because you're probably a busy right. guy. <laughs> Just think of how many reaction videos you could have done whilst we were doing this for an hour. <laughs> how do you want to be remembered? Mm. You know, uh, as someone who was genuine, um, I think that's a really big thing for me is people knowing that I'm genuine in what I say and that I'm authentic about, you know, whatever it is I'm talking about. And so um, I, I would say that. Good answer. There we go. You're not setting any stupidly high expectations with that one you're just trying to be yourself right because if you're right, not exactly. yourself on the internet you're gonna get pretty sad yeah so yeah just be yourself like we're being right now that's all i can do is be honest exactly so plans for the future any ideas in terms of potentially breaking out of reactions and doing some more youtube related stuff in the same sphere or you know any other plans personally or just internet persona early over to you uh i do plan on i i have i want to continue with youtube for years and years like i have uh i'd like that to be my future um in terms of reactions though i don't have plans for reactions to be the end all be all um, I always viewed reactions as like a springboard into something else. It got me into YouTube. It got me familiar with it, gave me a bit of an audience. Um, but I never viewed it as something that that was all I would ever do. Um, and so I do have plans to, uh, kind of not just cut and dry move to something else, but try other things and find things that stick and that I ultimately enjoy and would like to do those as well. Cause I'm a somewhat. Um, I'm not overly creative, but I do have creative tendencies to where I'd like to try and experiment and do different things. And, and reactions can get a bit stale and are a, a bit mundane. And yeah. so um, that can kind of take the fun out of it sometimes. So Yeah, completely. Yeah. If you've got enough of a community, which I think you do, judging on your video sort of health and your reaction sort of channel and the fact that you've got people backing you on Patreon and stuff... I think you can pivot into any genre, um, but yeah, yeah, sometimes the conversion rate, especially if you start a new channel, that can really take a nosedive. But oh yeah, it's worth a go. You know, if, right. if you're happier doing something else like home improvement YouTube, then crack on, do it, see what right. happens. And you've always got right. the reactions to fall back on, haven't you? I suppose. So. Right. Exactly. There we go. And you will do it from the comfort of your home. Yep. <laughs> so you're not spending thousands and thousands of pounds on shoot days. So, right. Fantastic. Um, do you have any questions for me? I'm conscious that we've got about nine minutes left. Okay. Um, I mean, how are things going on your end? I remember when we first started talking, you were only doing podcasts and you were just getting into YouTube. Yep. Have you? And that was uh, over well over a year ago. Yep. So, how are how are you liking YouTube? I like it. I need to sort of disassociate with the numbers though, because that shouldn't be the only thing that governs my sanity, which is yeah. pretty low as it is. Just as a yeah, just as a warning to anyone that meets me in real life. No, I'm only joking. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's getting there. It's getting there. Um, one of my videos has recently hit like one and a half thousand views, which is quite cool. 
Yeah. Um, but then you look at the next video and it's done 23 views. So I'm like, how's that happens? Like, but yeah. You have a lot of know. guests on. I see that you've got, like, mm -hmm. I see on Instagram that you have a lot of different guests on. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, like, that's cool. That's yeah. got to be fun to chat with people. So it's just yeah. a matter of finding what will stick to get that algorithm to. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And if people can back it and share it and tell a friend and people you know with much bigger audiences than me if they retweet something then i see a sudden surge in uptake um yeah problem with podcasts though is similar to you where everyone has a reaction channel everyone has a podcast yeah. so yeah. sometimes things catch fire sometimes things sort of slowly start flying yeah. and it's a slow yeah, burn it is it's a slow burn i've got the enthusiasm though i've got you know, I, I carve out a decent amount of time a week to do this because it's mm -hmm. not just recording and then uploading it. It's there's a lot more to it, like we discussed at the start. Yeah, um, I've got the enthusiasm and I've got a bit of determination to make ABP a bit of a steadfast thing in my life now. I just need uh, people to come to it and engage with it a bit more, I suppose. But I'm not moaning. I'm just you know. Do you think you'll um, dabble in TikTok at all with it? I probably should. <laughs> That's probably what so many should. people, it's like, I should, I just don't want to, yeah. I think the only way I'd be able to successfully do that is to actually ditch a current social media platform. So I'd probably mm. stop posting on Facebook. Yeah. And I would just do, you know, TikTok instead. Um, yeah. But my Instagram audience is pretty strong. So it would oh, take yeah. a hell of a lot for me to come off Instagram. I'm not really on Twitter much, but some of the people that follow me on there is absolutely bananas. Yeah. Um, people like Brenda from Wheaters, MC Lars, um, Ashens, who's a massive YouTuber from the UK. So uh, mm. not going to get rid of that anytime soon because right. occasionally I check if they're still following me because I, I really struggle with that like psychologically that, you know, they're going to follow me for a couple of months and then they'll drop off silently into the night and mute me or something but maybe right. it's just yeah. me having a bit of imposter syndrome i suppose so yeah it but, takes yeah. a hit to the like the confidence or whatever when you see that yeah absolutely but yeah thanks for asking so yeah it's it's a weekly thing so if you're not already following us guys on spotify or subscribe to us on youtube now's your prompt <laughs> apparently you shouldn't ask people to do like and subscribe because apparently it messes their head up so if you just say <laughs> I, don't, I don't ask for like, either i just I just leave it. I'm like, everybody yeah. at this point knows what to do. If they like you, they'll subscribe. I don't even ask anymore. Yeah, and yeah. I had, I honestly, I noticed I, my videos did, or like the subscriptions did better when I wasn't asking for it. Yeah. And I just go, cause, and I've had people thank me. They're like, I appreciate not getting the spiel of, yeah. cause you get in every single video. It's like every people know. Every single video. People know, so I don't bother anymore. Completely I agree. just let people. There we go. So when is the next YouTube video going to be live? Uh, I just was recording. Lana Del Rey released a new album uh, a couple days ago. So I was recording that today. Um, probably going to take another day or two to really get that one finished. And then that'll be up. So that that's what's on the way. There we go. And if we wanted to follow you on Instagram, social media, etc., etc., if we can just quickly give you a bit of a plug. What's your handle? Sure. Uh, Sufi Reacts, Instagram and YouTube. So nice. they're both the same. R-E-A-X. -E there we go. 
Cool, man. Well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate this. This has been yep. a very, very long time coming, and uh, it's nice it to has. actually meet you through the virtual lens of Zoom. Yep, and, I agree. Um, yeah, we'll keep in touch, and cheers for watching, listening, viewing, and subscribing, guys. Um, yeah, more to come very, very soon. And uh, check out the Instagram if you like sun cream, because I'm giving away quite a lot of it as part of one of my sponsors. So uh, check that out, get involved. You've got literally nothing to lose, and you could win nearly £100 worth of sun cream for free. Just saying, you know? So yeah, cheers guys, keep it bedlam, and speak to you all soon. Goodbye. Absolute bedlam. Shanty Spirit, based in Bournemouth, UK. Dorset Botanical Seaweed Vodka. So I met these at Bournemouth Airshow two years ago, and I wanted to get them on the podcast, which I've done in the previous episode, and I wanted to speak to them and promote their products because I think they're onto a winner. So this is vacuum distilled for fresher flavours. Lots and lots of different seaweeds go into this amazing vodka. Doesn't taste like the usual stuff that you get from the supermarkets. It's got a bit of a sort of story to it and a bit more of a twist. It's had some awards and I'm hooking you guys up. If you go to www.shantyspirit.com and you type in the code Bedlam discount for either 20cl or 70cl bottles, then you'll get 10% off your purchase. Shanty Spirit, drink to enjoy, drink responsibly. Absolute Bedlam.